Welcome to Raw is Jericho! <coughs> Sorry about that. Uh, hi, welcome to this edition of Roar Lions Radio. I'm your host, Bill DeFilippo. Uh, apologies for the terrible intro. Uh, but as you can guess by the Chris Jericho impersonation, uh, we're doing a WrestleMania preview because why the hell not? It's our website. Joining me, one of my cohorts from Roar Lions Roar, Mr. Dan Vasselio. Dan, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Also joining us, uh, hereby ending the bitter blog war that has ended in three deaths and 27 just terrible injuries and one person in a coma. Adam Collier. Adam, what's up, buddy? Uh, I figure if uh, Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons can get back together on a podcast, then I think we're all good. <laughs> yeah, some, something like that. How have you been? <laughs> I'm good, man. How are you guys? Oh, a lot better now that you're here. So, yeah, let's... We're going to have some fun once I introduce the final person who always comes in with a promo, and I'm doing this because I want to set the bar high for him, and that would be Mr. Chris Vanini from CoachingSearch.com. Chris, what's up? This is the RLR! How's it going, everybody? This is like my favorite thing to do every year. That's funny because I was just going to say this is the dumbest podcast of the year by far. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i don't have many people to talk about wrestling with with my voice so this is why i love doing this too yeah i mean this is it's always fun to just forget about i i mean this it's been a little different this year because like penn state football was really good so doing the podcast every week was fun and not like oh man we're going to talk about this team and try and figure out what <laughs> and it was just this year was just like oh hell yeah we're doing a podcast this week and we'll do a basketball one and we have a hockey one. So, I mean, it's always fun. Everything else sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But if there's one, (laughs) well, speaking of things that suck, we're going to talk about WrestleMania, but before we get to that, uh, we're going to just really quickly talk about NXT and here's, what's going to happen. We're going to go down the card. Um, and we're mostly just going to pick winners and losers without really adding anything else. And I'm just going to go bottom to top as they appear on Wikipedia uh, first things first, we'll go Dan, Chris, Adam. Uh, just say who wins, and then if there's anything you feel like you need to add for whatever reason, um, keep it under 20 seconds, I guess. First up, an eight-person mixed tag team match. Sanity versus Ty Dillinger, Roderick Strong, No Way Jose, and Ruby Riot. Uh, Ty is very good, and he should win. Okay. Yes, I I wanted this is Chris. I won. I was actually hoping Ty Dillinger was going to main event this card uh, a few months back. He's awesome. Uh, I want him and Eric Young because of something I'm going to mention later on in the podcast. Huh. Uh, I love Roddy Strong. I've loved him forever, so I'm on board. Let's go with that. I just hope everyone has a good time. Next up, Andrade Cien Almas versus Alistair Black. Uh, we'll do the same thing. Uh, I guess Andrade Cien Almas. I don't know. He is he wears suspenders, so go him. Dan. Uh, yeah, he hasn't interested me at all since he's come in. Uh, so yeah, the former Tommy End. I he'll probably win in his debut. Uh, Alright, this is Chris. I I guess Almas. I don't know. I don't. I haven't followed NXT a ton recently, but I will say I'm going to watch the show, and I'm sure it's going to be great, even though I don't know what's really happening going into it. 
Yeah, let's be honest. I haven't watched NXT in months, but I have to tell you that this is probably going to be the best part of WrestleMania weekend, as usual. Um, Doesn't Almas always lose to the incoming star? Isn't that basically his gimmick at this point? Yeah, he's taken that now that people like Ty Dillinger. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah, Aleister Black. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm taking this solely off of the presence of suspenders, so... Going uh, next up. What about the hat? And the, you gotta love the hat. Oh yeah, the hat. Uh, God, he's so weird. Next up, uh, the triple threat tag team elimination match for the NXT Tag Team Championship. The Authors of Pain with uh, the God Paul Ellerling versus DIY versus the Revival. This match is going to be hot fire. Um, anytime you put DIY and or the Revival in a match, it's fun. And all of them are kind of smaller dudes, and the Authors of Pain literally exist to throw people as far as they possibly can. So this is going to rule. Um, I very much hope that uh, DIY get the belts because I they're wonderful, and I love them. Uh, yeah, Dan, go ahead. Uh, I echo everything that you just said. Uh, with it being a triple threat match, that may be the only way you can take the titles off of the authors of pain just because i don't know who's going to beat them oh in a it's, an, it's an elimination match, match sure oh it's an elimination match yeah oh well then i pick authors of pain because you can, i don't think you can legitimately take the titles off of them at this point with just those two teams even though they're great their authors of pain are just too big yeah hi this is chris uh i think this is going to be the most enjoyable match of the weekend um, at least by the end of it. Revival, I watched, they, they, there was an NXT show here, here in Dallas a few months or weeks ago, and it was Revival faced uh, Heavy Machinery, just two big, massive dudes who can't barely move, and it was the most fun, hilarious thing of the night, and they just turn everything into gold. That's going to be the best match. I think Authors of, Pain, Authors of Pain win, but it's going to just be an incredible match. Revival are my dudes, but... So I sort of, with the, the way it's structured as an elimination match, I kind of see this going a couple different ways. You could, if, if, pain, if the authors of Pain are going to win, then I think you have them just run through those guys and look like monsters, both teams. Um, but it feels like you could have a situation where they run through the Revival and DIY, get the win, and then suddenly DIY manages to pull it out of their ass to to take it home and send the crowd home happy, so to speak. So I, I'll go with Gargano and Ciampa. All right, rock and roll. Uh, next up, women's uh, championship match, Asuka versus Ember Moon. Um, I'm inclined to say Asuka. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like you guys have kind of, you know, faded away from – NXT, I took a little wrestling sabbatical when WWE was airing like 12 hours of programming a week. Uh, they still are. They, yeah, that's you know, something we talk about in between this in between this preview and the WrestleMania preview, I think. Got it. Oh, for sure. Uh, so, yeah. The, I, I mean, I just want Asuka to keep winning until she's able to go onto Raw uh, the following night and just like kick Charlotte's head in or something. Uh, so, yeah. I'll, I'll pick Asuka. Uh, either way, it'll be fun. I mean, every time I've watched ember mood she's been like fun as hell so that'll be cool but any like i they've kind of backed themselves into a position where kind of like dan 
Dan said it has to be in a triple threat type match for them to ever really take the belt off of Asuka because of how dominant she's been. But yeah, I I will enjoy this. I will like watching it. And anytime anyone gets kicked very hard in the abdomen, I get and I that's my favorite wrestling because of Daniel Bryan. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, go ahead. I, I've gone first a lot, Chris. You I, go ahead. I don't. I don't know who's who's still here, so I just keep jumping in when I hear a pause. Anyway, uh, good move. This is. I mean, this. I think this is going to be a super fun match. I'm. I'm leaning Oscar just because I don't think. I think NXT is at the point now where we can't really make predictions based on who we think is going to be called up because there's not really much room for anybody anymore, and NXT does need to keep what they have at some point because I know they're touring soon and, and they need to kind of keep a bit of a brand because they're already thin as it is. So I, I can't make any picks based on if I think Asuka's going up or not. Um, so I think Asuka keeps her undefeated streak going on here. But this is this is going to be, I think, a super fun match. I mean, she's got to lose some time, right? At yeah. Some, I mean, maybe that's on Raw, but it seems like, I don't know, the audiences seem a little different. I'm not sure it matters as much. But... I, I just have an Ember Moon vibe, but I, you know it's hard to bet against Asuka the way they the way they booked her and the way they set her up for the the literally the entirety of her run. It's just been remarkable. Um, but I'll go with Ember Moon. We'll, we'll call the upset. Yeah, like they have the whole like sort of Goldberg counter thing going for Asuka. Goldberg had his 173 wins. I think WWE.com is actually having one of those counters go along with Asuka's streak, too. Um, so I don't think they make her lose until she beats that beats that number because WWE or NXT <laughs> has to outdo WCW and literally every single thing that's ever been created in the history of wrestling. <laughs> that's a good so, so as much as I... And I think if someone is to take the title off of her, it should be Ember Moon. Um but I don't think it happens here. Maybe it happens before SummerSlam or something like that. They yeah. To a rematch there. Um, right. Yeah. It, I, it, should, it should be Ember Moon, but I think it'll be Asuka. Um, and I, side note, I really wish they would have never renamed uh, the O-Face into the Eclipse or whatever her finish, whatever they call her finishing move now. That's an awesome finish. Uh, yeah. I think she's yeah. from Dallas. She was at the she was at the show here, and um, man, it's crazy to see in person. But yeah, I, I do, I, I do, yeah, I think maybe at SummerSlam or something, maybe Ember Moon takes it. You kind of build that story. She's got to overcome Oscar, not just you know first shot you win, kind of build up to it. Yeah, sure. Final match of the NXT card, which I mean, in past years we've done this. We spent like an hour talking about NXT, which. It's probably less than ideal, but uh, whatever. Final match, uh, Bobby Roode against Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, above everything else, we are going to watch this for the intros because every mm -hmm. time like Triple H has an extra like $20 to spend on another person <laughs> to sing Bobby Roode's song, he does it. And Shinsuke Nakamura is just wonderful at walking places, which I How know that... Go ahead. How, how, how do you think Bobby Roode tops the entrance this time? I mean, he had the women come out with him. He had the the, the scissor lift. I can't even – what do you think it's going to be now? Do you think it's going to be just like uh, even more women or like a choir? What or if he's like, like lowered down from the top of the Titan Tron? 
Yeah, like he's yeah he's tethered to something, and they just like yeah lower him down. He just has his arms out the entire time. Yeah, maybe that'd be difficult. Yeah. I don't know if they're gonna lower anybody into the ring anymore. Oh no no I mean, no no no! I don't mean like that. I, I mean, know it's like, been like maybe we should avoid that. Fine. <laughs> so yes, yeah. Uh, this match uh, it should be fun. I mean, Bobby Roode is fun as hell. Shinsuke Nakamura, Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, they're going to hit each other very hard. Um, I, my, I, I know, I mean, Chris, you just made a really good point about how it's kind of hard to predict what's going to happen based on call-ups, but I, I, Bobby Roode has to win because the fact that Shinsuke Nakamura is still in NXT, that's kind of ridiculous. I mean, he is... Yeah, I mean, Finn, Finn Balor stuck around for a lot longer than people thought because they needed to kind of build some more around him, and if, I mean, if you lose Nakamura, there's not... Who, I mean, I guess Ty Dillinger moves up to the title picture. I was actually hoping for Rude Dillinger at this at this <laughs> event, but other than that, there's not like a whole lot to work with. Yeah, I mean, he's only been around for a year. I mean, think of it that way. Literally yeah. a year ago was that match with Sami Zayn when he first showed up. It feels like he's been there forever, but that's really because he's he's 37. Uh, yeah, well, also yeah. he's a class by, he's a class by himself, right? I mean, yeah. he's he yeah. is the star. And he, imme- and he immediately went to the spotlight. Finn came in and was in the tag team with Hideo, and you know they they, they won the tag team thing. They, 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 Finn built up to how long he was in the so it didn't feel as long. Shinsuke immediately came in and went right to the top, so it feels like he's been there longer. Right. Oh, Hideo has been medically que- was medically cleared back in uh, January. That's good. Yeah. I, I would I would like him to get back as soon as humanly possible, but yeah, whatever. Uh, what do y'all think happens? I'm going to go with Bobby Roode wins. And the following Monday, I guess, we'll see Shinsuke Nakamura on Raw in some capacity. That is wishful thinking probably, I know, but I don't care. I echo Bill's sentiments. Okay, so I, this is Chris again, I have a take here. <laughs> not 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 knowing not knowing much of Nakamura's history pre NXT, so coming in blind a year ago up till now, he's kind of boring outside of his entrance. He I, he's like quirky, I know, but they don't give him the mic a ton. I know he can speak English, but they don't give him the mic a ton. He doesn't really have a character other than I guess ass kicker, but like kind of quirky. And and I don't know how that how the heck that's going to translate on Raw. Like everybody thinks he's going to come up on Raw the next day, but like you got to have a character for him. Like like Finn had the demon, and as much as they you know kind of bang that into the ground, there was a character there. They kind of built up something with with Finn. I I, don't, I still don't really know who Nakamura is as a character, and he just he kind of bores me. And it, him and Bobby Roode are in a sense, complete opposites. Because Rude's not the best. Rude's an average wrestler, but he's he's a he is a personality, and he, and he just draws my interest so much more because of that. And um, so I, I think Rude wins. I, I, between the two, Bobby Rude is a lot more uh, interesting to me. Although I also admit I do know his history with TNA, which is something I'm going to again bring up later in the podcast uh so that's my take on nakamura it's kind of an unpopular opinion i know everybody loves shinsuke and he's got some cool things but i don't know he just he's kind of boring to me 
I actually don't necessarily disagree with that. I mean, I like him, but I understand why people wouldn't be super enthralled with him once the violin stops playing, right? And so I think that, I think they need to give him something a little bit deeper other than, I mean, they seem to give, it's funny because they used to give these really racist characters to Japanese wrestlers for decades, right? Um, And now I feel like the characters they give Japanese wrestlers are ass kicker. It's it's altogether a different character, but they're all the same character. Like that's what they seem to be pushing. Which I mean, I guess it's progress, but I'd like for there to be something attached to it. But I mean, I think Rude wins. I think that that seems to be the direction that they're going to go. And Nakamura probably shows up on Raw the next night with a guy playing the violin for his entrance when he walks up and stands toe to toe with who knows Roman Reigns, newly healed Roman Reigns, maybe. Oh please. The, and the entrance is spectacular. I was singing my lungs out when when him and Rude fought uh, here at the show in Dallas. So I just, in terms of in the ring, kind of as a character, he's just kind of mad to me. Yeah, I, I think his issue is that WWE likes when their matches follow the basic script of, oh, some wrestling happens, some wrestling happens. Hey, good guy does thing for a minute or two. And then the bad guy just takes over and he controls the match and, oh, the good guy gets a little momentum and then someone wins, which that, like, if you go back and watch some of his matches in Japan, with, I mean, for Nakamura, it's just like 45 minutes of him and another dude beating the hell out of each other, which is a little different from what WWE will normally want out of someone. I also do think, and Dan, you could probably back me up here, like... He's one of those dudes who his personality, it comes through more in bigger venues. Like when you watch him in some of his like Wrestle Kingdom matches where it was, you know, him in front of 80,000 people in the Tokyo Dome or whatever against. Yeah, him and Tanahashi. Him and Tanahashi or him and. Him and AJ Styles. Yeah, like it's awesome. Uh, And I do think that there's like he's one of those dudes who does feed off the crowd. I don't know. He, I mean, I, I think he will be more fun on Raw or at a honest to God pay per view. I think he, like, they could have a lot of fun with him at a paper at a uh, WrestleMania type thing. But that's down the road, so whatever. Hey, I, I like. I'll add one more thing. Um, I actually thought Samoa Joe was kind of boring in NXT. I know, I know of Joe. I know he's awesome, but I thought he was kind of boring in NXT. But I loved him on Raw. So there is an example of getting more interesting when you move up. So that's always a possibility too. Yeah. To to your point, Chris, I think that actually SmackDown might be a better place for Nakamura. Just I think they can give him a character there where the role yeah. Raw writers don't seem to be able to do that. Yeah, plus, I guess that's... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, plus the Intercontinental titles on SmackDown, which is sort of... I mean, that was what he you know made famous over in Japan, their Intercontinental title. So I think if he went to SmackDown, he should win the Intercontinental title first night he's there, depending on whoever wins it on Sunday. Um, that's how... Actually, yeah, I don't want him debuting on Raw. I want him debuting on SmackDown on Tuesday night. Yeah, and I will say... Uh, I would trust SmackDown to handle him a lot better. Yeah. I I mean, I'm just at that point in general, but we could talk about that in a second when we talk about WrestleMania. Um, But first, a little little interlude, as we uh, hinted at a second ago. Uh, We were talking about just the amount of stuff WWE does. 
So um, much. So much stuff. I So I took a bit of a sabbatical and I got back in around the Royal Rumble. Uh, and I kind of stopped watching when the Cruiserweight Classic became a thing because it was every week, three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, an hour of the Cruiserweight Classic, an hour of NXT, whatever pay-per-view they'd want to throw in. Now they've gotten rid of the Cruiserweight and Classic. superstars. Don't forget superstars. And superstars. <laughs> yes, I, I need my Ascension fixed somehow. <laughs> then they got rid of the Cruiserweight Classic because that ended. They put 205 Live in. They have the... Uh, don't they have like the England thing now also? That's not yeah, a weekly thing. It's That's not, not a weekly show, thing? Okay, okay. but I. Yeah, that was they, I mean, special. They the guys. Yeah, they, that was like the Cruiserweight Classic. Okay. It was just a right. tournament they focused. So, yeah, there were weeks where it was three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like 11 or 12 hours a week if there was a pay per view. <laughs> so, I, I took a little bit of a decompress and I, I wanted to put that out there. One uh, is one because did anyone else do something like that? And two, is there a way to uh, like how do you fix this? I mean, the obvious answer is cut down raw to two hours and like maybe do one other thing. But yeah, Chris, like, what do you think? You know, I honestly don't watch raw completely anymore. Um, I, I, I generally try to catch SmackDown live, uh, live, and and watch it all the way through. Um, Raw is kind of hit and miss. I may miss the beginning, or I may miss the beginning and rewind, see what the opening segment was, and then catch up to wherever I am. Raw is Raw has is just it's no longer a must see to me. There was too many weeks in a row where it was the same thing. Kevin Owens and Jericho interfering and Rollins and and it was just the same stuff. It just felt like months, and now I'm not really super interested in in Raw that much. SmackDown generally keeps it fresh. One thing about SmackDown that I'm disappointed in is that since they added 205 Live, Smack uh, Talking Smack is now an hour later than it used to be, and sometimes I just forget. But when it was right after SmackDown. I watched it right after SmackDown, and it's so good. And even when I try to catch it when I can, it's so good on there. Guys are allowed to just freestyle on the mic and, and just sit. They're not scripted. Some incredible promos have come out of there from, from Cena and Miz and Dean, and uh, it's awesome. And, and I do not watch 205 Live. I don't know anything about the Cruiserweights. Frankly, the Cruiserweight matches are boring because they're not even wrestling Cruiserweight matches. They're just wrestling regular matches with smaller people. So I don't understand what they're what the point of them is supposed to be. Maybe they do it differently on 205 Live, but, man, I do not at the time. I, 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 I read Brandon Stroud's recaps for everything. But in terms of what I actually watch, I watch SmackDown, and periodically I watch Raw. That's about it. Adam? Yeah, I mean, I actually, Bill, I'm not dissimilar to you. So, I mean, I have to say that my interest in the product has been waning since probably the June after WrestleMania 30. So it's been years when you really think about it. Um, but I was still super into NXT through both Brooklyn specials. Really, really pleased. And it was the, it, if I didn't watch anything else, if I just followed the results and paid a little attention and watch the segments that ended up being interesting later on YouTube or, or, or wherever. At least, you know, NXT was appointment viewing. It was something that I had to watch every single week. It was something that I watched every Wednesday. It was just what, what I was into fundamentally. But since SummerSlam-ish, I really, I, I took a pretty big nosedive out of the product, and I still follow it. 
but it's hard to really pay attention. I mean, there's just so much, so much content that it's almost impossible to keep up with it all. Um, I tried to watch the Cruiserweight Classic. I got through most of it, but really struggled. I mean, it's it's almost so much overkill that even somebody who's been a massive fan since he was five years old, like me, has a difficult time getting through it. And I think I think it affects the product. And it's kind of ironic because the talent is so much better than it was when I was five, you know, and Hogan and his whole crew were running rampant. But just because the talent is so much better, the 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 whole scene is almost so exhausting that you can't even appreciate that, which is which is sort of how I feel about what's going to happen at WrestleMania, which is we're going to have a bunch of probably pretty decent wrestling, but at the end of the day, I don't know if anything super memorable is going to come out of it. And that's kind of a shame. It's um, a good I, way of putting it. Or, you know, what do you do to fix it? I don't know. I mean, I think I think you have to choose what stuff that you watch. Like, Chris has a great idea, right? Like, oh, well, we'll watch SmackDown, and I'll kind of half pay attention to Raw. Or, like, for years, I was watching NXT and, like, half paying attention to the rest of the product until it got, you know, to the to the Rumble to SummerSlam or, you know, Rumble to WrestleMania run-up. I mean, I think the, the good thing about having the network is that you're in control of what you're watching. Like, you don't have to sit down and watch, you know, from 8 to 11 on USA. That's unbelievable. My wife would probably smack me in the face if I was doing that, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Um, Way yeah. to humble brag, Adam. That's true. <laughs> oh, you have a wife. That's right. What are you going to say? <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's, it feels unsolvable. Look, they're never going to drop an hour of Raw. It's too much money for them. It's like asking the NFL to drop games. That's never going to happen either, despite everybody's pleas. So... You know, uh, I don't know. I think it's it's sort of uh, inevitable. Yeah, I mean, Dan, you, you, I, can I, I'm, I'm sorry. He, go ahead. He mentioned one thing that I agreed with when he mentioned there's, there might be a lot of good wrestling, but nothing very memorable. I think a big part of me is I'm not super into. I mean, I'm into it, but I'm not like I don't remember awesome wrestling. I remember awesome moments, awesome promos, kind of moments type of deal. SmackDown seems to do a lot better with that. You know, with the scene of Miz stuff we'll get into. SmackDown, I feel like everything at least matters. It doesn't always feel like a sport. It kind of feels more soap opera-ish. And I always want my wrestling to skew more toward that than real sports because, you know, I watch plenty of real sports. And the athleticism is great and all, but I want a story. I want a character. I want something to get invested in instead of feeling like I'm watching a competition. And I, I think SmackDown has done that a little bit more, and I think that's why I've been more drawn to it. Yes. Dan... Uh, I'm going to present a an, a solution to you, and then you will either give it the thumbs up or the thumbs down. I think this is the only logical thing that WWE can do, and that is to put Stephanie McMahon on everything that they do. <laughs> oh, God, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but- well, listen, I, I mean, Mick Foley is just such a horrible person that I, I, I personally loved watching, you know, months of, hey, Mick, you are a disappointment. We should just call you Bill. But yeah, neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Adam said, like you're never going to get cut down on an hour of Raw. And even I, essentially, best really since this school year started, um, I've cut down just by necessity for studying for uh, comprehensive exams and all that. So yeah, I had to cut my, cut out a little bit. And uh 
so, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's too much. I think the biggest problem is, you know, having, running a pay-per-view every two weeks um, between the two brands. And because you're putting on a pay-per-view every, uh, you know, four weeks per brand. And, but you only have half the TV time now because not everyone is on both brands. You can't build a story on Monday night and Tuesday night. It all has to be condensed into Monday night every week that you're getting even blander stories because you have to rush things through to get to a pay-per-view that's in, you know, two weeks. Uh, So I would, yeah, I'd go back to just one month, one pay-per-view a month, switch between the brands. That gives you eight weeks, six to eight weeks to come up with a story um, and tell an entire story all the way through um, for each pay-per-view. And then obviously the big four, you bring everyone back together again. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's too much. And like raw has been awful for a while now. And there are some Mondays where I just get home and start watching Netflix with my girlfriend and be like, no, I don't need to watch this. I'll like, watch you. Yes. Yeah. You, you, you you mentioned, um, uh, taking the time off. SmackDown had like six weeks off between, something in november december some and that's when they came up with the the james ellsworth story and you kind of made some special episodes of smackdown and i found that like really interesting it wasn't like it doesn't have to be the biggest thing in the world but it was a little more interesting than normal and i thought that was a good way that they handled that if they took more time off between pay-per-views right exactly like this is just this random dude and dean ambrose has his back and it, it, it advanced two different storylines essentially yeah, yeah exactly and yeah so i mean yeah they just need to I think they need to go back to one pay-per-view a month. Um, like we said, they'll never they'll never cut down Raw, so that's just a pipe dream. But yeah, one pay-per-view, and I think that's more than enough to make things interesting again, at least. Well, friends, at the mention of James Ellsworth, I think it's time we dive into WrestleMania. Uh, mostly because... All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to do the pre-show where we're all just going to... Basically, do what we did with NXT where... Who wins? Okay, that's cool. And then we'll move on. Actually, you know what? We'll package it all together and i'll just say here are the three pre-show matches who wins and we'll just go right down the line to save everybody some time and the reason ellsworth was the segue was because he is involved in the six-pack challenge for the wwe smackdown women's championship uh, between (laughs) alexa bliss uh becky lynch natalia mickey james carmella and naomi uh there's then the singles match for the cruiserweight championship between neville and austin aries and the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Uh, Chris is going to go last because he wants to uh, cut a promo about the uh, Neville-Aries match. So I will start. Give me Mickey James because who cares? Uh, in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, give me Braun Strowman because Braun Strowman should win everything. And then in the singles match for the Cruiserweight Championship, I will take Neville because Neville's fun. Uh, yeah, Adam, go ahead. God, I love Alexa Bliss. I mean, really. Let's be serious. She's like Trish Stratus reincarnated, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, I'll go with her. Although Naomi's from Orlando or something. Right? Yeah, she is. Um, well, then we know she'll probably lose. Um, Neville's a good heel, but Austin Aries is a star. I I think you got to take Aries. Um, and I'll go with Strowman for the for the battle royal. Bro! 
some weird entrance into in there that kind of skews everything in a different direction, maybe. But who knows? Oh my goodness! Aiden English and Simon Gotcher in this as are Connor and Victor. I, I need to go through. It is everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I am mostly surprised. Well, I'm not surprised. I'm pleasantly surprised uh, to see that the shining stars Primo and Epico are finally making their debut uh, in the Memorial Battle Royal. Uh, because when I think of Andre the Giant, I think of bad tag teams. Uh, Dan, go ahead. I mean, Andre the Giant was kind of in a pretty bad tag team, but that's that's neither here nor there. Um, so the battle royal will be Braun. Is so I see Wikipedia does say a six pack challenge for this, but isn't it supposed to be just whoever's available Correct. on the Any on the roster? Women. Any available women. Yeah. So I want what I would like to see is. Emma to come back on SmackDown and win the title at WrestleMania. Yeah. That would as be Emma, as Emmalina. How about she's on SmackDown as Emmalina and Raw as Emma? Well, but the whole thing is like Emmalina has to go bye bye now. So we waited all we waited seventeen weeks for her to say, you know, no, I don't like this, and it goes back to Emma. <laughs> that was that was it was incredible. Yeah. So yeah, even though it's no, she's not listed. Let's say Emma comes back and wins the SmackDown championship. And then, uh, I mean, Austin Aries is the greatest man who ever lived, so he has to win the cruiserweight title, right? Yeah, I think so. All right, Chris, the floor is yours. Uh, spend as little time possible talking about the Battle Royal and the Six Pack Challenge, and then, you know, fly high, Freebird. All right, uh, DeAndre will be brawn, and uh, I hope they make him look just awesome in it like just wreck shop over everybody don't make it fluky make him look awesome because he's awesome uh women's championship oh man i think i'm gonna go naomi uh, it's either that or becky for me i, I think becky kind of needs a kickstart maybe they kind of restart the division to put becky on top but i'm gonna go naomi because of what happened now and so neville versus aries i don't have much really to say about this match i think it's gonna be an awesome match i think neville will win via cheating but i just want to say that between austin aries and Bobby Roode, and Samoa Joe, and Eric Young, that and AJ Styles, that the TNA invasion of WWE has quietly been going on for years now, and I'm the only one who notices it, and everybody else needs to wake up because it's happening. And uh, I've called this thing for years, and it's slowly happened, and I've been proven right. Because a few years ago, I said... TNA was actually pretty good, because it was, and Impact, for a moment there, was actually more interesting than Raw, and it was, and now all of those guys are now in WWE, and I have a Dirty Heels shirt that I'm probably going to wear on either Saturday or Sunday in, in, in uh, honor of Rude and Aries, but I, I think Neville wins via cheating to kind of get some more babyface heat on on Aries, and they kind of keep that going forward, because I think those two are really awesome, and shape everything else around them. All right, rock on. And you know who you know who leads the TNA invasion? Kurt Angle when he comes back. Yes, Kurt Angle. And if the Hardys <laughs> and if the Hardys end up coming back, I'm just saying well, TNA was actually not bad for a while back. That that's actually a good uh jumping in point into the uh raw tag team match of the main card. 
uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson versus Enzo and Big Cass versus Cesaro and Sheamus. Uh, this became a ladder match, like, the other day, just randomly. This has Hardy appearance written all over it. Uh, what what we'll do for some of the lesser important matches, uh, I will just we'll just go around and I'll signify one person to like dive in a little bit deeper on what makes this interesting. Uh, so Dan, you'll get the chance to talk about this. As for just a prediction, um, I'll say Cesar. Yeah, I'll say Enzo and Big Cass. Whatever. I've been picking him to win a tag title for the last like three years, and they've never done it. So. Plus, they have the perfect amount of lunacy uh, to be in some kind of a feud with the crazy version of Matt and Jeff Hardy that is going to appear on the roster soon. Uh, so quick prediction. We'll start with you, uh, Adam, then you, Chris, and then Dan. If you want to talk a little bit, go ahead. I'm going to join you on the Enzo and Big Cast train, but I don't know if they can compete with crazy Matt Hardy later. I'm, I'm still not sure anybody's ready for that. Deletion. <laughs> oh boy, Chris, what do you think? Uh, I just want to say that I actually knew about Awesome Broken Matt Hardy for anybody else because I was one of the five people who was watching Impact <laughs> when that whole thing happened. He had a he had an awesome feud with EC3 in which he turned heel and EC3 turned face and an awesome double turn and then that slowly turned into Broken Matt Hardy and that's awesome. I honestly question if they would bring Broken Matt Hardy over because that's not a Vince thing. I could see Vince saying go back to being regular ass Hardy boys. So I'd love for them to come back. I'd love for Broken Matt Hardy to be his thing because I think that's an awesome, unique thing that that uh, WWE should take advantage of. I don't know what's going to happen. As for my pick for the tag team match, I'm my pick is going to be Enzo and Cass, but I kind of hope it's not because I feel like they deserve a bigger moment and there has not been any sort of enjoyable story in this feud. I want us to feel all, I want the story to be that they always come up short because they've never won the championship in NXT either. I want a story of them always coming up short and then finally getting over the hump. They told that story in NXT, but then they didn't actually get over the hump. Yeah. And so tell that story of how they keep falling short and then give them the win. I hope they don't give I my guess is they're going to give them the belts now and just go with it cuz they have done nothing with these guys since they debuted a year ago. They just say the same stuff and don't get any sort of characters other than other than when Rusev and beat the crap out of him. That was really kind of a cool deal, but um I'm I want Cesaro Sheamus to win, but my pick is going to be Enzo and Kess. All right, Dan, go uh, ahead. Yeah. So this is the match you tell me to get in. Like, this is, might be the most boring match in the card. All right, then we'll give you a different one. We'll just, <laughs> no, just it's fine. It's fine. Just make a, just make a pick. Yeah, no, uh, I'll pick the, uh, the good brothers to retain um, so that they have some sort of, you know, gold and power to them once uh, either AJ comes over to Raw or Finn reappears and they get the... Uh, Bullet Club circa WWE back together. All right. Rock and roll. Uh, moving on to the next match. Uh, Dean Ambrose versus Baron Corbin, uh, which is a thing that is going to occur. Uh, Dean Ambrose <laughs> is the member of the Shield that isn't doing anything all that fun right now. Uh, at least at WrestleMania. Or, or at least... He's not doing anything that's booked as being, like, the most important thing on the planet. Um, yeah. I'm... Whatever. Give me Baron Corbin. Like, Dean Ambrose can just 
do Dean Ambrose things without a championship, I suppose. Uh, Chris, we can have you dive into this one. So, Dan, let's get a prediction out of you and then a prediction out of Adam and then go in, Chris. It seems like they're pushing Corbin to do something, so it makes sense to give him a title here, even though I still don't find him that interesting. Um, but yeah, we'll go back Corbin. I still can't believe that he's still on the, that he's actually on the main roster. It's kind of amazing. He should he should literally still be in NXT. He might even be a main eventer in NXT, but it is what it is. I think they're going to go with Corbin, and I think unfortunately Dean Ambrose is. Long past his sell-by date, unfortunately, despite doing yeoman's work over the last several years to make the company semi-interesting. Is that me now? Yeah, go to town. Indeed. I uh, I don't have me. I don't have a ton to say. I think you actually make a good point that Corbin as an NXT main eventer would be good right now. Here, um, this is kind of time out, right quick. If you don't have much to say, uh, make a. Rather quickish prediction, so you can like dive in pretty deep into the next. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my pick, my pick is Dean. Um, I, it's one of the few things SmackDown hasn't made all that interesting, and I think it's kind of all three, all both guys involved don't have really interesting personalities or characters. I will say though, Corbin may have the best punch since Scott Hall. Like he, 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 just an awesome looking fake punch. He just really gets it in there. Looks real. Very impressive, and his finishers uh, rule too. So he is. And his finish, yeah, yeah. He, he's. I think he's still got a lot of potential, but Matt, I think matched up with Dean, there's nothing there. I think he needs a manager. I think a manager would be cool for him. Give someone to talk for him, kind of hype him up, do something. But um, yeah, Dean, I don't really care about this match at all. He's like a perfect creator wrestler, right? Oh, he's got really cool finishing moves, and he looks kind of all right, and he has like a certain presence, but he's just missing something because they rushed him up there without actually having him get the chops that he needs to do something functional. And I loved him in NXT at the time when he was basically the the he hates all the indie wrestlers was like yeah, his was character. Great. That was a great, was great that was perfect for NXT. It, it was I mean, amazing. Yeah, so, you know, they just got to find something that works for him. I think having someone talk for him as a manager would, would make things a little more interesting. All right. Uh, so I will just say that I think John Cena and Nikki Bella are going to win the mixed tag team match. Uh, Adam, do you want to give a real quick prediction for this one? Because um, I, cause I know Chris and Dan are going to talk for like five minutes on this. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Cena and, and Nikki too. And they this whole thing has been awesome lately. Yes. Um, it's actually a, a real bonus and makes me sad that we haven't seen the rest of the card look like this. All right. Uh, Dan, Chris, go ahead, talk amongst yourselves, have a good time. I'll, I'll let Chris do most of the talking, but uh, yeah. Cena and Nikki are, will win, and this, this should be the main event of WrestleMania. This is the best told story they've told you know, probably all year outside of when Miz and Ziggler did their thing over the, over the Intercontinental Championship. This is the best story they've done all year. The promos have been ridiculously good. The Miz and Maurice's parody of Total Bellage or whatever has been, you know, hilarious. And, you know, it's this should be an event. This should be an event the entire show. But it won't. It'll go on as maybe some sort of cool down match or something like that. Uh, but yeah. So Cena, Cena Bella. Yeah, I, I, I get why it's not the main event, but I am looking forward to this match more than any other. There is so much heat and passion 
and energy in this feud. This is what every wrestling feud should be like. I mean, this is the kind of just you feel the hatred coming through. And, and I, I think it's a bit of a, a shooted work or however you want to phrase it. I think I, I, it's, I mean, it's, it's not real, but there are aspects that are real in it. And man, Cena is just bringing it with every promo. I don't even want this match to be on Sunday. I want them. I want another month of promos between these two. Cause they're awesome. That first, that first Miz promo on Cena, uh, where, where he where he basically said you wanted to leave and go to, you ripped the rock for going to Hollywood now you're doing the same thing and just basically called him on a bunch of stuff was so good and then Cena responded even better saying you just copy all people's stuff and then the total Bellas thing and then Cena calling Miz I'm, they bleeped it but I'm pretty sure he called him a pussy and that it was like holy crap like that's the intensity that I want from all of my wrestling when I was talking earlier in this podcast about how I don't really care about you know athletic competition i want it to be more soap opera or intensity this is exactly what i am talking about this is this is just just fierce i could not believe that promo on tuesday night leading into this one just man and it's actually got me rooting for miz now just because cena's gotten the upper hand on the mic so many times and i i logic says cena's gonna win you know cena nikki win uh you know they get their happy ending blah 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 but I just feel like Cena, I imagine, is going to be gone soon. I think Nikki's probably retiring soon. It would, I, it would, I think it would be great if they had Miz win and then just get a ton of heat on him and then kind of throw him into the – start to move him into the title picture because he has been money for the last year or, or since they did the brand split. He has been just on fire. And you could get a really big mega heel if, if – if, they can win that match. I don't think it's going to happen, but man, I, I I'm almost upset that this match is coming just because I want it. I just it's the build is so good. I almost don't want it to get there because I just want to keep getting what I'm getting because this type of intensity you just do not get in in many wrestling feuds these days. And and it's just like this is what I want everybody to be doing. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and the and the Miz Ziggler feud was was very similar for similar reasons. They threw some real stuff in there. Like that's what that that this is what professional wrestling should be. This feud right here. This is how you get everybody interested. And just you know, if if, if you were to show and no one who knows anything about wrestling, if you show them a, a video package of every match coming in, this one would get the most attention. I guarantee it. Yeah, and we've talked, you know, a lot about what Cena and Miz have said, but like the biggest moment that made me like get off my couch and just like scream was that I think it was that first week when Mer they have talking or the Miz talk show or whatever, and Maurice like slaps John Cena and mm -hmm. Nikki runs out and he goes, "If you do that again, I will break you, bitch!" Yeah. Like, holy shit, that was awesome. Um, another so a side prediction on this: Does is there a proposal at the end of this at the end of the match? I say yes. Oh, man, I knowing Cena, it, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I could see a worked proposal, but with Cena's whole real life thing and his divorce and how much he really did not want to get married again. And I don't know if any of you watch Total Bellas or Total Divas, but it's actually really interesting. And Total Bellas is like hilarious because it's got Cena and Dan O'Brien in it regularly. Um, I don't know if there's going to be a proposal. I, I would say no, just because of everything Cena has been like. But then again, they've they've mentioned it so much in the in the feud. It's got to be coming, right? I don't know. It's tough. All right. 
I, I actually, you guys didn't know this, but I actually just ran three miles, so that was, uh, that was a good time. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's move on. Next up, um, I think the few that hurt me personally the most because it ruined everything that I've ever believed in love and friendship, and that is Chris Jericho versus Kevin Owens. Um, the work that Chris Jericho has been putting in over the last couple of months uh, what one with the whole best friends thing, which has just been like that was hilarious. That was absurd. Like it was amazing that we all knew exactly how that story was going to end, but it was still like, oh my god, this is hilarious. Like I hate being one of those people, but every time Chris Jericho pulled out the clipboard and like held his pen back, pen back dramatically. Like, I was always waiting for him to say, you just made the list in that weird screeching voice of his. And the way that it kind of, like, turned Kevin Owens into, like, the heartless monster that he absolutely should be. And he had that, like, delightfully uh, stupid minute or two before the match with Goldberg happened and he dropped the title. Like, they've done some awesome work here. And I think this match is going to be pretty fun. I mean... I think Kevin Owens is going to win and it's going to get kind of like, remember his one match with Sammy in NXT where he just kept power bombing him and Sammy like went lifeless and limp and mm-hmm. all that. Like I wouldn't be surprised if we have a match kind of similar and that lets Jericho do his, you know, yearly ride off into the sunset. Uh, but yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this one. I think it's going to rule. Uh, it's going to be far more fun than, uh, the raw match that they all want us to watch. So that's um, that. And I wish this for the title. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Um, it's, uh, <coughs> I, I, I wish, I wish this, this was the Kevin Owens we always got. It's it, this, the, the, this is kind of, I think, cooled down since the festival of friendship. And I was like super into that. And that was great. When I talked about the intensity and, and, that you get in in the Miz Cena stuff. This is pretty close to it. Um, so uh, I, I wish uh, I wish Kevin Owens got more things. I wish he wasn't built up just to lose to Goldberg and go into this. But that said, both these guys have done an awesome job. They're going to have an awesome match. Um, I assume Jericho's taking another break soon. And I hope Kevin Owens can win the Universal title and get back on to what he was the last time he was the Universal champion. He could just kind of get back into the ass kicker mode. I hate the heels who always need the cheating to win. That's like the only thing WWE does these days, and that's what Kevin Owens was as the as the Universal champion. Champion, but he wasn't that as the NXT or the universe or the US champion. So I hope he kind of gets a good ass kicking in there and becomes an ass kicking heel again going forward. All right, Adam, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm, I'm with that on Chris. It's weird, his character kind of totally changed after he won the title. But yeah. um, I, I, I love KO, and Jericho is really, I, I'm not a, I've never always been a big fan of Chris Jericho, um, but I think he's done some amazing stuff recently, and I, I think this has cooled down somewhat from where, from like the heights that it was at. Um, but I think it's a, uh, it's a really two solid guys and a really fun uh, storyline. And I'm just, just I, I think it's probably going to be the best match on the show, but you know, we'll, we'll see. But I, I think I'm going with Owens too. And you know, we'll see where that leads. 
All right, Dan, go ahead. Yeah, yeah I think Owen should win, but there's just something that says to me like he needs to get his comeuppance from Chris Jericho. Um, and be, I, I didn't even realize this was for the U.S. championship until like five minutes ago. I forgot that Jericho was the United States champion until about five minutes ago. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I'm going to go with Jericho just because it doesn't make sense right now to take one title off of Owens and then have him win another title without him, you know, paying for what he's done. So I'll go Jericho. All right. Um, moving on next up, we have, um, a match that I wish I cared about so much more. But I like I just can't like the way this everything has happened with this like like I I have no reason to care about Bailey versus Charlotte versus Sasha versus Nia even though the four of them can put on one hell of a match together like the booking has just been really boring to me like I have not had fun watching Bailey be something other than Bailey like I think she has a there's an inherent issue to her being the champion. Uh, she, I, she's in her best when she's chasing the, the belt. Uh, Sasha is at her best when she's a super cocky and arrogant champion who is better. Thinks she's better than everyone else, but so is Charlotte. So there's a weird dynamic there, and then there's Nia who is Nia. So I like I'm whatever on this. Uh, sure, Sasha wins. Whatever, go Sasha. Uh, yeah, Adam, what do you think? I mean. I'd love to see Bailey walk out with the title. I, I sort of think it might be Charlotte because we might see Oscar the next day and that'll have some interesting implications. But you know, it's really funny. You mentioned like these, these four have been great in a lot of roles. I don't think I've been invested in a, a, a story and a match and move for move. Like I was invested in that Bailey Sasha Banks match from, the initial NXT Brooklyn show, which felt like a monster deal. It felt like it should have been the main event of that show and the crowd treated it like that. I'm glad to see they're so prominent that the women are so prominent on this card and they've been so prominent over the last year. That's really great. Um, but I'm just not as into it as I, as I used to be. And I think that's a pretty serious indictment of the writing staff because I mean, let's face it, people were really into all four of these women at various points in the last several years and they just can't get it together for the biggest show of the year. It's frustrating. Yeah. Uh, Dan, go ahead. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, to go off of Adam's point, I think just because we got what about six straight months of Charlotte versus Sasha and they didn't care to, write or do anything with any of the other people or any of the other women on the roster. I think that's why it's been so watered down. Um, I would like to see Nia win and hold the title for like the next two and a half years. Um, just have her destroy everyone. Um, so I'll, I'll go Nia winning. All right. And Chris, none of this makes any sense. <laughs> like, why is, why is Bailey the champion coming in? Like, just nothing, like, it cannot be this hard. Each each of these four people has a character, and almost none of them are their character coming into this match. I'm, I'm, like you said, like you guys said, I'm not interested in it really at all. I just want it to happen, them to have a champion and have a direction going forward, because there's no direction here. It makes no sense why Bailey randomly wins on a Raw, then comes into the WrestleMania as the 
as the babyface champion? Like, what? Like, none of this makes any sense. And so I would love the idea of Nia winning the title and holding on to it forever. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna pick that they go with so- – I could pick anybody here because I don't know where, what they're trying to do or, or where it's going to go. I'm going to pick Sasha just because Charlotte won last year, and they don't really seem to have any idea what they're doing. And it's too bad because all four of them are very talented in their own way. And they're all – the four of them are very unique and can do a lot of interesting things. But it feels like none of them are in the right position – coming into this match for some reason. I feel like it should not have been this hard. Doesn't it feel feel sort of like, I mean, I said a little bit ago about how all Japanese wrestlers used to have really racial, racist gimmicks. And now all Japanese wrestlers seem to still have the same gimmick, but it's a bunch of ass kickers, but they're, they, they try to make them interchangeable. And I feel like that's what they've done with this women's division. It's like, they're like, Oh, well it's good enough that we put them on TV and they're athletes. So. Right. And that's what I was talking about before about like, about it just being an, a sporting competition, like, eh, like no, I, I want I want to be invested in, in something. Sports are great when you have characters. No one cares about a, a mid June Major League Baseball game if there's no if there's, there's nothing going into it. There's got to be some story, and there's there's no story here. Sasha's with Bailey, or she's not. Charlotte's dominant, except for she looks like crap. If it's not a pay per view, and then she even lost her pay per view streak. Nia kicks ass and keeps pinning the champion back and forth, but needs to win a billion matches to even get into this match, and they just randomly decide to make an elimination for no reason. Just like pick something and, and go with it, because it's just I just feel like all four of these women could be positioned much better than they are. Chris A uh, Stephen A. Vanini, Chris A. Smith, I don't know, something like that, but you just that was some fire. Uh, let's see, Chris, if you have the same fire for Shane McMahon versus AJ Styles. Um, we're going, we're going to watch one guy fly around and do crazy things and another guy try and fly around and do crazy things. If AJ Styles does not win this match, I'm going to be incredibly mad. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Um, my pick is AJ. Uh, I think it'll be a fine, interesting match. I, I, I have no problem with AJ being here. I think my biggest point to make is that people who thought AJ in this match is not is is not a good sign for him or, or is makes him look down down upon uh, I completely disagree getting the shame match is a is a key storyline it, it is a positive that he got the shame match now if he loses the shame you know maybe there would be some reason to be upset I don't think they're going to do that I think they know what they have with AJ and they seem to be they don't treat him like crap like maybe they would do some other guys who come from other companies or something like that. I think they know what they have in AJ. I think they just felt um, that they wanted Randy Orton to win the Rumble, and they had to figure out, find pieces for everybody else. And and maybe AJ Taker was an option. Maybe AJ Shawn Michaels might have been an option. But AJ Shane is, is not a bad position for him to be in, and I, I hope fans will not get upset about that and just enjoy it for what it is. If he gets upset there, if he, if he loses, you can get upset. But... I think he's still in a good position, you know, right now and, and going forward. All right. Uh, yeah, Dan, go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with everything Chris said. I wish he was, I wish he was somewhere else. But um, him and Shane will play on a fun match. Neither of them care about their bodies, uh, so that'll be fun. I will uh, say, it's, people. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I go ahead. Mean to um, I, it is weird that they're hyping this as a regular wrestling match and not chairs and ladders and all sorts of crazy stuff because I feel like that's going to be kind of boring. Like at least have AJ out Shane Shane or something like that. Like make it 
fly around it and do some. If it's just a straight up match, it's going to be kind of weird if Shane's just doing his jab punches for 20, for 15 minutes. Right, yeah, no, Shane needs like a, a trash can to stick in a face yeah. to do his, you know, jump across <laughs> the ring or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, so no, I'll go with I'll go with AJ. It should be a fun match, but uh, I think he should be elsewhere. All right, Adam. Well, I I agree that it's going to be AJ, and I agree that it's not anything negative that he got the Shane match because getting the Shane match is a big deal. I guess the question in my mind is why is the Shane match a big deal? Like, why have they positioned the Shane match to be a big deal? I mean, look, I like Shane McMahon fine. I, I'm impressed that he has apparently no uh, no fear whatsoever about doing crazy nonsense. But I don't know. It would have been nice to see AJ Styles do something uh, a little bit more substantive, I think is probably the right term going into WrestleMania. But I think it should at least be fun and, and kind of silly and um, sort of ridiculous. So I'm, I'm in. All right. All right. Let's move on. Let us talk about Seth Rollins against Triple H. Um, because Triple H is involved, this is incredibly important. And uh, <laughs> the, the winner of this match is going to the White House. And it'll probably be Triple H. And it'll probably... And with Triple H spray painting WCW onto Seth Rollins' lifeless corpse, you know, because all this makes sense. Um, I, I I want to be more excited for this. I, I just don't know why I'm not. I think I just have uh, Triple H coming out of the woodwork for WrestleMania and putting on a match that isn't anything like super special fatigue. Uh, or at least that's what happened last year with Roman where they just put on a really boring match to end WrestleMania oh, God, after like seven hours of content. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think this has the potential to be fun. My, it, like the one thing that I want to happen is, and I know they won't do this, uh, but I would love it if Rollins won with a curb stomp. I, I know they can't do yeah. that for um, children watching purposes, but I, I, I think Rollins wins. It'll be by a pedigree. And then the next night on Raw will just be Stephanie McMahon spending half an hour starting the show going, Seth, you're nothing! And it'll be terrible, and I'll wonder why I'm still doing this to myself. Uh, Dan. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this would have been a whole lot better if Seth wasn't injured for the last two months and they could have, you know, had a little bit, built a little bit better of a story. Um, but it's the match that makes sense here, given how Triple H screwed Seth out of the title, um, back in August or September or whenever it was. Um, so yeah, I, and I think it can be the match or close to the match that he had, Triple H had with Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30. It could be a great match or something like that. Um, will it be? I don't know. Just because they had non-sanctioned into it, so something screwy will happen, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, I'll go with I'll go with Seth Rollins, and I, but I don't know what happens after that. Uh, yeah, but actually, I I I've have you guys seen the house show pictures of like Balor and Triple H? Um, yeah. facing each other. I want that match on Sunday. I don't. I, this yeah. match will be great. I want that match on Sunday, but we can't have that, I suppose. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I, Seth Rollins. Yeah, I mean, it's totally plausible that Samoa Joe comes in and starts like 
just beating the hell out of Rollins, and then this is where Bauer comes back. And I'd probably, if I had to bet money on where Bauer shows up because he's showing up on this show, that would probably be it. But yeah, uh, Chris, what do you think? Uh, you know, I I forgot. I don't know if it was Bill who said you're just not really interested in, in this match, and I I and I, I wasn't either until I saw that video package. They that video package told the story that they need to be telling that the, that they're not telling in the in the ring or, or or in promos. When they package it in the video, it works. Triple H plucked Seth out of obscurity. You know, he let him do his own thing, but then, then he brought him under his wing and, and did all the stuff. But then Seth got injured because he was because he was weak and he couldn't live up to the pressure that Triple H was putting him under. And so Triple H brushed him aside. And so Seth Rollins is here saying, you know, when I was with you, that wasn't who I was. I'm trying to get back to who I am and I'm finding myself. And this match is going to be the culmination of that. That's the story. And that's the story that the video package showed. Like WWE's video production team. They have to be one of the best just in, in all of sports oh, entertainment, and however you put it. My God, Cage Side Seats does a, did, a, did a thread last year of, like, best WrestleMania match promos, like hype videos. And there's just so many good ones. And I, this one was really good. And this told the story that they, that they need to be telling. And this promo got me hyped for this match, and I wasn't beforehand. I like an Imagine Dragons song because of a WWE video package. I mean, if that's <laughs> not... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I... Yeah, and and um, so I'm more excited for this match than I was. My prediction is Joe comes out, Finn comes out to save Seth, Seth wins, and then maybe we kind of go into this faction-y type of thing, I hope. I love faction, so I'd love to see it kind of head into that and see where that goes. Yeah, I mean, factions are good, and a, a, a formal authority faction would be awesome. Uh, Adam, what do you think? Wasn't this supposed to be the main event of SummerSlam like two and a half years ago, essentially? I feel like that's why everybody's so kind of... Yeah, in it. I, I, I get that. It's been, it's been a story forever, right? Like it's, Everybody's been anticipating it to be something forever. Um, I actually, I mean, maybe I'm crazy because he's a tremendous athlete, but I actually think Rollins is a really, really, really natural heel. I think he's a very mediocre babyface. I think he's just he's just so whiny and nasally and annoying that I think he's kind of perfect for it. Um, so it's a little weird, but in Triple H, I can take or leave certainly at this point. I, I felt that way like 15 years ago and 10 years ago and five years ago, and I sort of So I, it hasn't changed very much. But I think I, I think the Joe and um, Valor angle is an interesting component to this because I think I, I think we're all kind of on the same page and that's for me what will probably save it I think um, because otherwise I think it'll be exactly what I thought before it'll be perfectly acceptable wrestling that is kind of devoid of any real emotional stakes for me but um, but we'll see what what Balor does because that could that's going to jumpstart things and maybe even jumpstart things starting tomorrow or starting on Sunday and working your way over the next several months. So that's a, that's a good signpost for it. All right. I'm about to get really sarcastic and I apologize uh, for what I'm about to do, but right now we're talking about undertaker versus Roman Reigns, the big dog versus the other dog. Who's big in the yard. That was assembled by a dog. I, I think it's the slightly bigger dog, even though it's now the big dog's yard. And, 
dogs and yards and I'm Michael Cole and dog and <laughs> I yeah I mean I I hate basically everything WWE does with Roman Reigns because I love him so much as a performer but they want us to love him like they like Triple H had some really weird quote the other day about how, oh, yeah. oh, well, people are booing him. Doesn't that automatically make him the heel? Well, no, you dum-dum. I mean, you're not a heel if you're wearing Kevlar and getting punched and rallying and somehow defeating Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho at the same time, even though Kevin Owens is the champion. You, you just jerk butt face. I mean, I don't care how large of a dog he is. Like, that's not... That's not what happens. Even he could be a very big dog, but even if he's going against two humans, he's going to lose. I mean, I I hate how they use Roman Reigns. This is a great opportunity for Roman to go out there and just be the bad guy. Like the reason everyone loved Roman in the Shield was because he was just he kept his mouth shut and he would beat the hell out of these quote unquote good guys. Well. He's going against The Undertaker. They're going to have an awesome match, and Undertaker, he's not a guy that you boo. So Roman's going to have the opportunity to show what he could do if he's, quote-unquote, a bad guy, and then kind of get a chance to reshape his image from there. And I hope and I'm optimistic that WWE does something with that. I know they won't, but I am slightly optimistic about it. But from a pure wrestling perspective, as long as Undertaker's, like, any part of his lower body is working, uh, this match is going to be awesome. Like, it's going to be just two dudes hitting the hell out of each other. And I, I'm legitimately excited for the match. I'm not excited for any story things or Michael Cole talking about dog sizes during it. Um, Adam, uh, go ahead. Um, I know Roman Reigns is Samoan, and he played Division One football. But he's not The Rock, and I wish they would stop doing that. But I've been saying that for like four years now, and it doesn't seem to matter. So it kind of is what it is. I mean, his character is Goldberg, right? That's really what it should be. He's He should be the original Goldberg character, silent but uh, murderous streak, you know, just unbelievable. And they managed to not do something so basic with him. Uh, so, you know, it's hard to get into Roman Reigns still, unfortunately. Um, but he's a talented guy. I don't know. I'm a little worried that Taker's going to not be able to go particularly well, considering I watched him hobble around in the Royal Rumble, and that concerned me a little bit because I love that man. And uh, he, he does a lot of work. But I, I, I worry what the reception to this is going to be like if he can't go like usual, and Reigns gets the traditional uh, atrocious, overwhelmingly negative reception. Yeah, I mean, there you're not, like, part of me thinks you're not putting Roman Reigns in a match against The Undertaker for people to cheer Roman Reigns. So, at, at the very least, there's that, unless they are really that dense, which, again, there really is no way there is. So, again, at least we have that. Uh, Dan, what do you think? Uh, I'm just kind of done with The Undertaker. He can't really do much in the ring anymore. Um, he's a shell of what 
he was during those two matches with uh, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania's 25 and 26. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just kind of done with him. And if, as much as I hate what they've done with Roman Reigns, if Roman doesn't win this match, it's it's kind of stupid. Uh, there's no reason that Roman Reigns shouldn't beat a 52-year-old guy who can't move around the ring. Um, so, yeah, I'll go with Roman. Um, I'm not... this. I might be looking less forward to this match than even Goldberg-Lesnar. Wow. All right. Uh, Chris, I'm just, you... yeah, I'm just, I'm just kind of done. Not that bad? Okay. Uh, yeah, so, okay. Well, first, I want, I want Biker Taker back because it's the yard match, but that's not going to happen. I like Biker Taker. I actually thought it was all right. You, need, you needed Biker Taker to appreciate the dead man, and so it, it was fine. It was him going through his phase and whatever. It was fine. But so with this match, this has been building for three years and you will never have a bigger moment, a bigger opportunity to do something that should have been done a long time ago. If Roman just comes in, loses this match any way possible, he will not get over. He will not get over if he loses, gets his ass whooped. He will not get over if he loses in a great match and they shake hands afterward. It's not going to happen. He'll be in the same spot. What you have to do here, he needs to end The Undertaker, retire him, finish him, just walk out that ring and become the biggest heel since Hollywood Hulk Hogan in 1996. You you have to do that. It's it's not working. It's been three years of you saying he's a, he's the good guy. It's not working. He has zero crossover appeal. Nobody outside of wrestling knows who the hell he is. You have to do this. And The Undertaker, he will become a megastar. He will get the smart respect while also getting the booze you want. And then you can do whatever you want with him in a year or two or whatever. Or just keep him as this mega heel. But this is an opportunity to make a statement. And... Just have him finish The Undertaker. Just beat the crap out of him. It's done. He's on to whatever it is. Everybody will be shocked. Everybody will hate him. And you will have a story. You will have just... You'll have something to work with. This ain't working. You have nothing to work with here. He's been treading water for three years. He's a great worker. He seems like a great dude. That's not the problem. People just aren't connecting with him. So give them a reason to, to connect in some way with him. And that's what I think they should do. I don't think they're going to do that, but man, when, when, I, when I talked about I knew where that was going after like yes. five words. So but. If Miz beats Cena and Reigns ends Undertaker, you've got two mega heels on your shows to anchor them and go with something. I feel like it's such an opportunity to shake things up, make an impact, and I I don't think they're going to do it, but man, this is you will never have a better opportunity if you ever decide to turn Roman Reigns here, like like people, um, you know, people have been calling for in Triple H, oh, he is a heel. No, he's not a heel. Triple H, he's not a heel. This you'll never have a better opportunity to make an impact with Roman Reigns than what you can do here. That's what I think they should do. I don't think they will, but man, can you imagine if they did? That was beautiful. Speaking of beautiful things. It is time, friends. We skipped them. We, we skipped Rizango. We missed them. Wait, where's Rizango? They're in the Andre battle. Aren't they? Did they win on? Did, 
were they not in or were they were in it? They talked about it on SmackDown on Tuesday. Oh, no, they're in. They're yeah, in. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. Breezy Bella. I was as for sure. less beautiful people. Uh, no, as for the most beautiful thing. The something that I know we are all looking forward to very much, and that is someone who today went on the record as saying his current run in WWE is miserable. Going up against someone who, let's face it, probably wouldn't be here if UFC didn't drug test him at the exact right time. So, Bill Goldberg, Brock Lesnar. We'll we'll start with uh, Adam. How does this match? What do you? How do you think this match is going to end up comparing to their match at WrestleMania 20? That maybe the least popular WrestleMania match, maybe ever. No, so, no, no. Okay, Triple it's H, Triple H Roman last year was way less interesting. Well, I'll, I'll give it that much credit. Okay, I, I I think I disagree with you, but to each their own. Like, okay, yeah, <laughs> okay. Wait, so so I just want to clarify because I listened to um, I listened to Goldberg on Jr's podcast this morning, and he was talking about how wonderful his run has been this time around. Oh, so I'm curious. What he, I, I'm curious as to what the record said because I, I didn't see it today. So he, uh, okay, yeah, I, I was actually going to wait till mine. I was actually going to wait to get to me, but since you're asking, I just, just kind of wanted to jump in at least. No, defend, go for it, Chris. I, I, I wanted to at least defend Goldberg a little bit. He said he's physically miserable because of all the work he's having to do to get physically ready for this match. He he says it's worth it. Um, he's been unhappy at times, and he bought a car when he's unhappy. That was, uh, but he's he's physically miserable because he has to quickly get in shape for this match. So that's what the context was. I think people kind of took a little bit out of context because it's kind of what they wanted to hear him say as a way to validate the fact that he shouldn't be in there. But he's he's physically miserable. Interesting. All right, so I'm I'm a little less uh, concerned about the response, I guess. Although I. I've been trying to figure this out because I, I don't really understand why the reaction should be any different now than it was 13 years ago, but it crowds have been into these two recently, probably more so than they were um, 13 years ago when everybody knew that both of them were leaving. And so I'm wondering if that's going to matter. I actually, I have a soft spot for Goldberg. He's, you know, he, he was kind of my dude back in the late 90s. But I just, I, I don't really understand why this is headlining WrestleMania 33. I just, I just don't get it. Well, I mean, it's because they can get a really cheap payday out of this and they understand that, you know, people will care and pay attention to this. And even though there's, no f- real future for this feud after this match. They'll get the payday on Sunday, and then they have 12 months to figure out how they're going to get their next big payday at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, look, I guess I guess fundamentally, I'm okay with both of these guys being, being a part of the company. I'm even okay with both of them being involved with each other in terms of storylines. But I'm... I'm just generally concerned that the only thing that Goldberg has really done since he's been back is deal with Brock Lesnar. And it feels like, I mean, it it just always feels like that these guys are continuously separated from the rest of the roster, um, which is disappointing. 
but I, I think it's going to be kind of bowling shoe ugly, but they'll probably hit each other really hard. I think it'll probably at the end of the day be fine, but I wouldn't expect a miracle or anything like that. That's sure. Yeah. Uh, Les wins. Lesnar, uh, yeah. But, but because I don't expect Goldberg to be around for to, for Monday, let alone uh, let alone anything further. So, all right. Uh, so I will save my dream scenario for this match until the end. Uh, Chris, go ahead. Um, I, I get why it's a main event because you draw in casual fans who aren't fan who may not pay attention. You see the names, it draws attention. It gets more ESPN attention. I get that in the context of that, but the larger context of an, of a complete inability and almost downright, ref, not refusal, but an inability to create true mega stars is killing them. The only big crossover stars that they've made since like 2005 with Cena, the only big names who have crossed over made to mainstream attention are Dana Bryan and CM Punk. And both of those were, almost done uh, despite themselves because they, they half of their interest was that they weren't getting the push that they needed. Um, all the people that WWE put the machine behind that didn't work out. Uh, I, I will admit, you know, they did put it behind Finn and he got hurt and, and they have put it behind Roman and it's just not working, but they have completely lost the ability to make. What are you going to, what's going to be your main event in three years when there are nobody, there's nobody left from the nineties. Cause you have, once Kurt Angle's done, if he comes back, there's nobody left. Like you, you can't do this anymore. I, unless you think the rock can do it in five years. Eventually you have to have your own homegrown guys be the stars. And as it relates to Goldberg, I was totally on board with him and I'm not even upset at him about it, but the way they did that Kevin Owens Goldberg match was just, it was like a, it's like spitting in the face of some fans, man. Yeah. Like, to at least give Owen something. Give him five minutes. Let him get a couple of punches in on him. Give him something to work with. You gave him nothing. And that's when I think everybody turned on this. Because then it was like, okay, it, it literally is only about Brock and Goldberg. And everybody else can do can just go do whatever. Uh, it was just a, a missed opportunity there. And when, when you see why they can't create mega stars anymore you point to what happened at Fastlane, and i i think i, I don't even blame goldberg for that I, I i bet he could go five minutes with kevin owens and, and and it's just the position they put him in and i've loved goldberg since he's come back because he's shown a lot of passion and intensity in his promos he's been one of the best promos i think of anybody on raw since he came back i i wish more guys would have that passion and energy in the promo and i like that he's doing it for the kids he's trying to be a superhero it all feels real i i like that that said, if if he can't really go more than five ten minutes for a match and doesn't and is physically miserable and doesn't want to keep doing this, have Lesnar have him go five minutes. Lesnar kicks out of a jackhammer spear or whatever. Lesnar wins, and then you move forward back to the way we were two years ago or whatever when three years ago when Lesnar had the title but rarely showed up and make with it what you will. Send Goldberg on his way. Um, but I just I feel like this path here has been a missed opportunity to help other guys. And it illustrates a larger problem of an inability to create any, any sort of mega superstars that you're absolutely going to need in three years. And if you've seen Kevin Owens and, and, and all these, and, and Sammy Zane even, and all these other guys continually lose for years and then say, okay, now they're awesome. It's going to be harder for regular fans to get into that. When you've seen these guys beat down and not pushed for so long, um, 
you got to have a bit of a long-term picture other than every WrestleMania, we need a big star to, to take the payday and everybody else is just filler for 11 months out of the year. Yeah. Uh, Dan, what are your thoughts? One on like the in three years thing and then in on this match. Uh, so in three, yeah, I'm guessing like Triple H will still be wrestling in three years. Are you doing <laughs> things for WrestleMania? Well, and- I mean... Triple H is the only person that matters, so as long as he could do that, WWE... No, that's not true. His wife matters a whole lot, Bill. (laughs) Shut up, Adam! Maybe the McMahon kids, the grandkids, will be old enough by then to main event. I'm sure Baron Trump will headline a WrestleMania. (laughs) Versus versus Shane's kids. Yeah. Yeah, or or like said, maybe The Rock will will be done with his action movie career and can like afford to take some bumps in a in a ring I, yeah i have no clue what's gonna happen um and i was really in i was really into goldberg lesnar at survivor series just like adam goldberg was my guy growing up um i was there for their confrontation in the royal rumble that was great and then they had him take the title and i was like no i'm done like kevin owens did too much work during his run and it got kind of stale but he didn't deserve to lose it in the way that he did and you know this shouldn't be for the title like it's 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 two part-timers and this is just like chris said this is the problem they have and they can't build anything else um so i think it won't go any more than five minutes which i don't get why they're probably ending the show with it um because i don't i don't see why they would end it with wyatt orton which we'll get to in a second um we have these two guys sitting there we'll go five minutes and Bill, you said something about a dream scenario. Is it something that is the thing that we talked about yesterday? Um, I don't think it is because I kind of formulated it, it this morning. Okay, but so here, here are my two predictions for what's going to happen. Um, and we, Bill and I talked about this first one yesterday. So Roman ends up beating Taker, and Brock wins the title. And the next night on Raw. Um, they say, you know, the WrestleMania 34 main event is Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns because they both beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. And they they also, make the WrestleMania... They, yeah, they also had the, like, no closure from the last time they faced because Rollins right, ruined that. From, right, from WrestleMania 31. And so then you essentially are cementing Lesnar having the title for an entire year, mm. which is not out of the realm of WWE's possibility. So that's the first thing that'll happen. Lesnar wins, Roman wins, and they make the main event for the next year, um, Monday Night on Raw. Secondly, Goldberg comes out Monday night. He's defeated. He gives his big going away speech, and they just announce him to be the headliner of Hall of Fame next year. So they do two things 364 days away um, on Monday night, and we just have to look at it. So my dream scenario is that the two walk down to the ramp for the match. They both get there. They're both winded. They both, like, try to do something vaguely resembling a wrestling match. Again, this match won't take more than five minutes. So we'll say minute one is them, like, pushing each other and, like, maybe Brock picks Goldberg up for an F5 and then maybe Goldberg, like, teases a spear and then it kind of stops and everyone goes, okay, you know what, this is a little bit different. We're into this. Also, this has to be the thing that ends the show. It can't be something, can't go on before uh, 
Orton and Bray. So how long? How long is the show going to be? Is this going to be like seven hours. hours into the show? Yes, guy, like it's going to be difficult to no, get up. Don't worry. Don't worry. This is, this is this is good. This is good. I have a good idea. I have a good idea. So also, this isn't a fantasy booking thing. This is what I want to happen as a human being who is going to watch this. So I want them to start getting into it, and I want them after a little opening thing. I want Brock and Goldberg to just start like hitting each other. And as we know, Brock will sometimes do this thing where he hits people a little too hard, like uh, the match where he cut Randy Orton's brain open and whatnot. That was uncomfortable. It was incredibly uncomfortable. And here's the thing. Bill Goldberg don't need this. So what I want to happen, and again, this is not a fantasy booking. This is because booking implies that this is the plan. I want... Lesnar to hit Goldberg a little bit too hard in, in the way that makes Goldberg uncomfortable. And then I want Goldberg to look up and see Lesnar like smiling, that devilish smile he does. And I want Goldberg to just throw a right hand and hit him in the face. <laughs> and then I want Brock to come back and they actually start fighting each other. And they have to turn all the cameras off and that's the end of WrestleMania. And that's it. That is the only way I will watch this match and go... You know what? I enjoyed that. But no, it's going to be, yeah, five minutes of, you know, I, it's going to start with a spear and a jackhammer, and then Brock's going to kick out of that. And then, like, Goldberg will try hitting him, I guess, and then German suplexes, then an F5, and then we'll do that sequence again. And then the second F5 will end with a pin or something. I don't know. It'll be very underwhelming, but I guess we deserve this for not buying shirts or whatever final match you know, go ahead <laughs> when lesnar came back the first time in 20 what 12 mm-hmm. something like that him and, him and him Cena, Cena, yeah. had that first extreme rules remember how different he was and how like intense and crazy that match was mm-hmm. to the point where it just felt like something that we hadn't seen in a really long time I can't figure out, I mean, I guess it was the, the Cena rematch, but I guess that's the point in time in which Brock Lesnar turned from legit murder-death-kill scary human being into just the the new human suplex machine, which was a perfectly acceptable gimmick for Taz. But I, I guess at the end of the day, I just want something a little more than 20 German suplexes and F5 and a jackhammer and a spear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and all because all because of an offhand comment that he made at WrestleMania 31. That, I mean, he became the Suplex guy, but then Suplex City put the brand on it, and yep. I, that I, that Lesnar Cena match though, in terms of pure shock, like for a live match, yeah. that was that was it was, yeah, it was a great insane. it was a great moment. That's exactly what I want Reigns to do to take her this time, yep. that, that, like that that shock factor. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I want I want Brock to be a machine, not just a Suplex guy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Final match. SmackDown Championship. Bray Wyatt finally is the champion, going up against Randy Orton in a match that it should be pretty solid. I mean, hopefully the lights are out because the last time they did an outdoor WrestleMania and Bray entered and the lights were on, it was kind of underwhelming. Yeah. Because then The Undertaker came out. And do you, y'all remember how much fun that, that was, was? Like there weird. was just, that was weird. There was like a twenty-five minute segment that didn't seem planned at all between The Rock and Ronda Rousey and Stephanie and, <laughs> and Triple H, yep. and it was just like, 
All right, let's keep going, guys. We have to make sure they can turn the lights off. So, yeah, I, I think this match will be a perfectly solid match. Um, like every Randy Orton match, at least for me, is just going to be the build-up to the big RKO at the end. Um, I think the right thing to do is to let Bray walk out with the champion and establish a star. Like, put this on last. Let these two try their hardest to tear the house down. Because Bray is capable of putting on some killer matches. And when Randy Orton cares, he's capable of putting on some pretty good matches, too. <laughs> it's, it's a big it's a big. That's if. a big if, yes. Especially if he's going to lose. But yeah, and just let these two go. And then at the end, Sister Abigail, uh, Orton, is, Orton loses. And then WrestleMania ends. With Bray, his arms out, holding the championship, and then do that, like, wah, thing, and then the lights go out. Like, that makes sense to me. I would not be surprised at all if this is the second-to-last match and Orton wins solely because he hits a crazy RKO. Uh, Chris, what do you think? I, I don't think it's going to go last. I, I, I'm hoping that the only reason Randy Orton, this whole Randy Orton thing is a thing is to give Bray a legit WrestleMania win over a, or over a name guy. Um, if, if Orton wins, I'm going to be like, what the hell are we even doing here? Well, it, he's been hit, hit or miss in this feud for me. I think it's, I mean, Bray's got to win this. He, Randy, Randy's been kind of hit, hit and miss for me in, in this feud. Um, I don't really know who the face is because sometimes – I mean, Randy did a pretty crappy thing to Bray by burning down his house and his dead woman's remains and all that kind of stuff. And you, so you thought you thought bad? Bray was the face. You, you thought Bray was the face, but then you don't really know. It's kind of weird. I'm, I'm hoping this whole exercise is to just give Bray a, a name win with the belt at WrestleMania to kind of establish him even more after after the pins he got at Elimination Chamber. Um, I, I also appreciate the long-term storytelling here. They, I, I will admit that sometimes they throw these things together. This was a long-term story. I wasn't always into it, but I appreciate the effort. Um, I hope Ray has an awesome entrance and gets a gets a good kind of defining establishment moment, and then he can move on to something maybe a little more interesting. Although I'm not sure who's going to work with him. It's going to be very interesting to see how that works depending if he's the hero or the face. But um, like I said, I mean, I want Miz to kind of move in that direction at some point. Um, so I don't know when that will happen. But um, if Randy wins, I'm going to be like, what are we even doing here? So yeah. go Bray. Uh, again, I'm 100% convinced that this match exists so we can get a cool WrestleMania RKO. So whatever. Uh, another cool WrestleMania RKO because Randy Orton has hit so many of them in his lifetime. Uh, Adam, what do you think? I think it's going to be Bray. But... I, I think I'd like to see a cool WrestleMania RKO. Uh, so I'm a little torn now that you mention it. But I think my instincts before this conversation were just to say this is an excuse to put over Bray, which is fine. Um, and I agree, you know, look, credit to them for producing a long-term story that's at least vaguely sensible. Um, I, you know... Yeah, I haven't always been super interested in it, and I was kind of shocked when Orton won the Rumble to begin with. But at least it's 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 a story that has a progression that makes some sense, and there will be a winner. Um, but I don't know. I, I think it'll be at least, you know, the result will be interesting, and I think the wrestling will be perfectly acceptable. So that's okay with me. Sure. And Dan, take us home. Yeah, I think they have, like, Bray has to win. Like they, 
He should have won at WrestleMania 30 over Cena. They screwed that up. He should have retired The Undertaker to become the new face of fear. They screwed that up. Oh, man. That was... Oh, I forgot about that. He got, right punk- yeah, he got punked out by the, by the Rock last year. Oh, God. And, yeah, I mean, he's... He he is a star. He's the undertaker of this generation. And they need to treat him like that. Um, so I mean he should win. I have thoroughly enjoyed, you know, people burning each other's houses down and going to graves and stuff like that. It's just it's those, you know, those segments that take place, you know, off site. Um I I've always enjoyed those going back to, you know, um Pillman pulling a gun on Steve Austin and um what Triple H going to Randy Orton's house and beating the crap out of him. Those are always fun. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it has to be Bray. Um, even though we talked about it last, it will not go on last. Um, and after this, maybe um, maybe you have Luke Harper move up to the title picture. Or maybe you elevate The Miz if the Bray White is now sort of a face character. Um, there, I think there are more possibilities to go forward than what we think. Um, like, this has to be the year that Bray wins a big WrestleMania match. So... Let's. I've been on his. You know, I've been on Team Wyatt since they debuted. Um, so hopefully, we finally get that this year. Final. You know. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say. You know, it's interesting. Dan mentioned um, he's he's supposed to be the new Undertaker, and I've heard that a lot. But what I I don't really see him as that. I see him like the new Kevin Sullivan would be a, a long you know, uh, sort of an ancient reference, but maybe the new Raven is maybe more of a, of of the way that they positioned him. I mean, a little more supernatural, but the idea is fundamentally the same kind of cult like and uh, more of a cultish leader. The undertaker obviously had the ministry, but that was, you know, that was a fairly brief moment in his career as a, mostly as a loner. Um, But it's, it's interesting. I, I'm trying to figure out how they book him for the long term because I feel like they screwed it up basically out of the gate um, because there were opportunities to make him truly frightening and they they just sort of let that go by the wayside. Like mm-hmm. you guys mentioned. But I, I hope they can figure out something to do with him because I think he's an, he's an interesting and creative guy and he wants to do something great. So that's a real benefit moving forward if they can harness that and, and put it to good use. Yeah. Final thing, uh, one word answers from everyone. Does the new day break up? Adam, you go first. I hope not. Chris, I still love. Them. Uh, you still love them? Okay. <laughs> no, I totally forgot that. That I, I, no, they don't break up. I'd like them to get into some more serious feuds, but um, I, I still like them as a group. I think they have a lot more potential. They've kind of been sitting in treading water for a while now and i want to i want them to get something fresh and get a little bit more serious yeah yeah i mean maybe brad maddox can come back <laughs> yes let's uh let's 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 not fair enough if dan do they implode uh yeah just because they need something new to do like i will make a prediction that Big E is the universal champion at some point before WrestleMania 34 next year. Wow. Okay. He'll, he'll win. He'll win the big belt at some that's point a, in the next year. He may big. not hold it for long, but he'll hold. He'll win it if, if they break him off and he becomes a singles competitor. He's yeah. He's he still has so much. I think again potential to be 
you know, big star. Given if you give him, just kind of put him a little bit, give him a little bit more, more seriousness. I, I thought they were going to get into that with the Wyatts. They didn't. Um, they they still have a lot of potential. I don't want them to pull the plug and anything. Just start to kind of steer them in a new direction because this has kind of been played out. Yeah. And you know, mandatory go Iowa awesome um, for our for a lot of buddies. Go Iowa awesome. That's for sure. All right, fellas. I think that's it. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. This is I always love doing this. No, yeah, not a problem. Just as stupid as every other year. <laughs> yes, thank you. I was able to get some, I was able to get some things off my chest and bring my TNA invasion conspiracy to a wider audience. <laughs> it's happening. Yes. the thirty Wake people up. who end up listening to this edition of the podcast will certainly yeah. love the uh, love the hustle. But yeah, Chris Vanini and Adam Collier, both of you, thank you so very much for joining. Thanks, pal. Uh, then yeah, uh, usual again, usual sign off. Uh, follow us on social media at RLR blog, like us on Facebook, read the site, share the stuff, buy our shirts. They're very nice. I'm actually my hand is on a shirt that I have right now. It's very comfortable. And yeah, thank you. If, I, I have a I have a question before you sign off. Go ahead. Um, how how is the how are you guys treating the land grant trophy? Are you guys treating that with care? Uh, we are. Um, I actually saw it the other day, uh, and it was walking out of uh, it was walking out of this little sandwich shop called Subway. So it's it's if doing. You, if you heard it, you know that can, will not be forgiven. Well, the good that news is- the good news is Michigan State isn't getting it back for a while, so we'll get used to. Uh... So we can literally put it in the dumpster then. That's pretty great. <laughs> well, no. That's- how dare you? <laughs> and now now that our land grant trophy ramblings are out of the way, thank you very much for listening to this edition of the podcast. Uh, for our two guests, Chris Renidi and Adam Collier, and for Dan Vasselio, I'm Bill DeFilippo. Take care, everyone. <laughs>